virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a Dirty Leeds are given a wash in the rain at Ellen Road. Fantastic Leicester win 4-1. Super Vardy, magnificent Mendy, and now Braga in the Europa League and Wolves in the Premier League. All this and much more on For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby and on the airwaves is Rob Hayes in For Fox Sake HQ2. Rob, how are you on this at the time of recording, it is a Tuesday evening, so between the games against Leeds and the impending game in the Europa League against Braga. Not too bad, thank you, considering the uh, soon-to-be locked-down nation once again. Um, and the th- I guess one of the things that's keeping me going is the fact that elite football looks like it's going to continue for the foreseeable future, and we're quite good at it. Yeah, it's great news all around, the fact that football will continue. Elite football, that is. Disappointing regarding non-league and everything else to do with the lockdown. But there we go. That's just the way things are. Uh, we're here to talk about Leicester and what a win it was against Leeds. Also, the game against Athens. We'll be looking at those two games. We'll be looking at the games coming up against Braga, against Wolves. But a tremendous win on Monday Night Football, away at Leeds, 4-1 in torrential rain and it made the pitch very very slippy very skiddy early on and then it got quite heavy later on and it was all round a brilliant performance a great win we know about the injury problems we know that Leeds actually had quite a few injuries as well but it was overall a, a win there in whatever way shape or form at the moment with all these games and with the problems that we've got it's the main thing it really is, isn't it? Because when we get our main team back on the field of play, that's when you can really kind of look at how we're playing, which we will do anyway, but that's when you can be expecting more. When at the moment, we are just playing every game to its merit against opposition who are different in terms of their style, but it looks like we can adapt. I think the manager has to take an awful lot of credit over the last three or four weeks. Since he's been at the club, obviously, but in this immediate period we've had, I think he's been exceptional. The players, the attitude is absolutely exceptional. I think it's it's bang on right. And it's as it was last time, in last season, at this time, when we went on that tremendous run. Different team, different style at the moment, but they're getting the results. And that's the main thing. And it's some result. 4-1 at Leeds is fantastic. I think you're right in praising Brendan Rodgers and the attitude of the players because things could have gone on a massive downward spiral after back-to-back defeats following what looked like a fairly promising start to the season and then the injury list just growing and growing with every, not even game, every training session pretty much it felt like at one point. Um, And, you know, we we probably, if that had happened, if we'd have um, gone on a, a run of poor results and poor performances... We would probably have sat here and gone, yes, we're disappointed, but there are players to come back. The fact that we can sit here and say the complete opposite, we're we're far from disappointed. We're extremely pleased with the results that have come in, particularly away from home in three very different games, really, um, with limited personnel, uh, some of whom are at the... <laughs> Um, twilight of their careers, some of which are at the dawn of their careers. Um, And it's nice to see a a smaller group of players who more than likely would not have expected to be playing this much football this early on in the season, uh, if at all, uh, all coming together to execute three very different game plans from a very tactically astute manager uh, now, last week on the podcast, I sat here and, I, and I, I didn't have a whinge, but I wasn't particularly enthralled by the um, the spectacle of the game against Arsenal or the lack of spectacle. But I was 
I much, much, much um, more enjoyed watching us play against Leeds yesterday uh, because, yes, it's another great win on the road against a team that are all action. Um, and we played the same shape, but we had a completely different approach. And that was always going to be Brendan Rodgers' plan, wasn't it? He said beforehand, there are going to be spaces for us to go and play in. And we went and played in them. And we stopped Leeds from playing for the large um, uh, majority of the match. So it was much, much better to watch if all you get from it is three points, just like the 1-0 against Arsenal. Let's bring you some of the three-word reviews uh, to the win against Leeds. Great team effort by Ron Adams. Uh, uh, only win away by Patrick Hook. Uh, Jamie Shields, stunning. Uh, quicker than Sky from... Uh, from Bill Selby, uh, Dave Loosby, who needs centre-backs, lethal up front. Another great game from Sandra Stevens. Um, get in uh, by Daniel Harrison, with another word included. Um, also, uh, smash grab, etc. from One Battle. Tactic spot on by Paul Oliver. Squad players delivering, Nigel Beecroft. Uh, I Love Under from Packer Ken. Uh, Dirty Leads Cleaned by Richard Enriquez. It's... Uh, it- it was a glorious watch, wasn't it? It really was. A crazy first couple of minutes. Crazy before the game as well, looking at the rain. And then Brendan was it was just so assured in his interview before the game, saying exactly what the plan was. I don't think there's any surprise really that that happened because Leeds, you know what they're going to do. You know how they're going to play. And... Bielsa as a manager is so revered in football and rightly so and it's a real difference to most of the teams who get promoted to the Premier League they can sometimes change their style they can sometimes go with the team that got promoted and carry on the way that they played in the championship sometimes they can change their manager if they want and 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 try and do the same thing but have the manager there to maybe not change the system, but to maybe um, bring in better players than the perceived um, likelihood of that happened with the manager in charge who got them promoted. There's all sorts of uh, different ways, but Leeds are just such an exceptional, an exception to the rule, really, because of the the style of football. And uh, a few people might think it's a bit OTT by by the media and Sky, etc., regarding Bielsa, and it was all about him, really. Not really, I got a problem with that before the game because that is the story. We know what Leicester can do. And then at the end of the game, the story all now becomes about Leicester because they got the results and because of the style of the results and also because of the players who were missing and, and the highlights being obviously Vardy, etc. So the first goal, which was a bit of a mess, and with my job, I uh, obviously have the racing post etc and the former editor Bruce Millington who I follow on Twitter he's got a real bugbear regarding replays on Sky he always says they're going to miss a goal they instantly play replays for no reason so they're waiting for the ball to go out of play as normally it would do and it happened they showed this and it was a counter attack it was a quick move should I say rather than say counter and um, and, and they nearly missed the goal they pretty much did but uh, it was incisive how sharp was Vardy how sharp were they? Barnes has been electric anyway, but um, the interplay between the two, the awareness of Vardy, the uh, unselfishness of Vardy, we've seen that from uh, Jenga's under once again later in the game, along with the goal against Arsenal. It was just a really well-worked move. And at times, and we said this in the preview of the game last week, that Leeds play the way that they play. They don't really change their style. And that can work and has worked very, very well and successfully. But when you start to take out a few players through injury or players are just playing against better sides, then a slight breakdown in that style can leave them very open. They can turn up at Villa one week and win 3-0. That's what can happen with the way that they play. But also, they can be hit for a number of goals. They can be very open and there can be a lot of space if it starts to break down and a few players stop pulling their kind of weight. It can really break down the way they play. And it it kind of happened in patches in the game against Leicester. I think most of it was down to the way Leicester played. But a, a real team performance. I think everyone, to a man, had... A, a probably an 8 out of 10 I would say I think I don't think there was anyone Thomas 
in the first, say, 20 minutes was given a, a bit of a rough ride and he looked a little bit lost. But that's kind of expected because his his first Premier League start, I want to say, this season. And after that, he knuckled down and he was helped fantastically, I thought, by, by Fuchs, who was on his side of the, of the centre-half three. And also helping him out was Mendy. More on him in a minute. And I think, um, even though he was kind of the other side... Uh, but Dennis Pratt was all over the place in the first half. He was helping out everywhere. And even he came over and helped out as well. So he was given a, a lot of help. But the, the first goal goes in, 1-0 Leicester. And that's when Leicester started to really play. And it became 2-0 very quickly. What, 20-odd minutes gone. And Yuri Tillemans following up ahead of Ivardi after a good move. And at that time, you, you looked and went, yeah, we are the Premier League big boy here. We're taking our chances. You can put pressure on us and we can sit back and soak it up and we might give away one or two chances and eventually a goal. But when we have the ball, we can take our chances. We are sharp as a knife up top at the moment and we did just that. Yeah, they couldn't cope with this, could they? They couldn't cope with the fact that we could break on them so quickly and feed that ball forward so quickly and... You know, it's it says a lot the fact that Vardy and Barnes were were so quick to get onto not just loose balls but through balls as well um, that they both squandered one on one opportunities at, at least one each as well as scoring a goal each and um, and Vardy grabbing one or two assists depending on how you view assists um, but Leeds couldn't really cope with them and and Leeds style of play means that they commit bodies beyond the ball very quickly with very little, well, seemingly very little um, thought or care for the repercussions if possession's turned over. Uh, And what we know about our midfield this season is that they are very good at turning possession over. Um, As we've spoken about numerous times, Mendy wins it usually, gives it to Tielemans, who usually finds a good forward pass. And we did that so quickly that we that we played right through or right over or right between their press with no problems whatsoever to then isolate Barnes and Vardy versus two or three, if they were lucky of their defenders and the odds are always against you in that kind of situation. Um, Vardy was perhaps too unselfish in a number of other occasions. I think because his assist had come off so quickly and so early for Barnes, he tried a couple of times to, to play in somebody else when, you know the the Vardy um, of not of old, but a, a, a different kind of Jamie Vardy in a different mood might have had a couple of goes himself and, and got himself on the score sheet a bit earlier. But Leeds really couldn't cope with it. And and at, at parts, you looked at the at the pitch if you looked at the overview, and you'd see it was essentially it was man for man a lot of the time. There was uh, even if the formations didn't quite match up, it was there were a lot of individual battles on there. And ultimately, despite the fact that our squad is a little bit threadbare at the moment, every one of our players, bar maybe, like you said, Luke Thomas, early doors, won their one-to-one battles. And really on paper, the lead side is relatively unknown. A lot of them um, not played in the Premier League before. So even on paper, our squad and our team was stronger than theirs. And and that just shone through really. That that was that was ultimately it. Every player won their own personal battle, but they also all contributed to an excellent tactical uh, plan by Brendan Rodgers to execute what was eventually a fairly comfortable win. I'd say the the one uh, it's not a concern, but the one point I will raise is the fact that. We went in from both the Athens game and the Leeds game. We went in at half time at 2 0 up. And in both of those games, you're thinking, you know what? You almost, to be 2 0 up at half time, to, to win the game comfortably, you almost need to come out and get the next one. Or well, you, you pretty much do to make your life a lot easier. And both times we were caught a little bit sluggish by the, the expected reaction from the home side both times early goal second half um and that put us under 
unnecessary pressure and it, and it forced us to relinquish a little bit of the control that we had in the first half of both of those games. Ultimately, it's not come back to bite us on the backside on either of those two occasions, but it is just something to be aware of to make sure that that dominance in the first period is followed up by um, further assurances in the second half. I don't think there's any doubt really now that's 3-4-3 three, three, or a variation of the such is the preferred tactic. The three centre-halves, Schmeichel, first of all, another very good game of thoughts. Slightly caught out maybe for the goal, but it's one of those goals where it drifts in and you know it's going to go in the far post. Schmeichel likes to stand back and leave those high balls for the defence. It's worked throughout his entire career at Leicester and he's got the reactions in goal to react unless it's one of those drifting balls in. He's been caught out a few times in his career that way, but it's... I, I just think it's one of those. It, it's one of those goals where it happens every now and again. And uh, But apart from that, a few very important saves, even the one he came out for, and him and Bamford both must have looked at each other and gone, we're going to get there at the same time. We both don't want to injure each other or ourselves and possibly give away a penalty red guard or it would have been a, a free kick. But um, a good performance by Schmeichel. The defence exceptional. The three centre-halves, Wesley Fofana, in the middle of a back three. Now, he was always going to play there because Fuchs is on the left, naturally left-footed, and he can then help out Thomas. Uh, Justin on the right had a very good game. It's almost James Justin. We know he can get forward. We know he's a, a very capable right-back, right-wing-back. But when he is a right-sided centre-half, he does add something. He adds pace. He can cover behind a slower, say, central of the back three. With Fafana, that's not the case, but that's that's generally what it is. He's actually good in the air for his heights. He's going to get caught out, and he has done a few times just purely because of his height. Again, that's no fault of him. But he, he he's a good right centre-half. He, he really is. And uh, and then Fuchs had a really good game. And, and Fuchs, when he, when he gets the ball, and he's looking up, and he can play football, he can knock the ball across, and little triangles, etc. We know he, he's got a good shot on him, but... There is sometimes just that little bit of security when you're watching on TV and Fuchs gets the ball and he looks down at the ball and you go, he's just going to nicely play this 50 yards down the line uh, into the channel for Vardy, which worked a few times, but also sometimes he's actually just going to belt this down the field and it just means you can breathe for a few seconds, isn't it? it, it that's uh, it, it's a little bit of old school mentality, but... I think when you mix it in with the the new style at Leicester and the new way, really in football over the last few years, of playing out the back, it's not, not the worst thing to just have that one player who can do that. The back three, really good, fantastic. And um, and especially, I, I'd say especially for Farner and, and, uh, and Justin in that mould because we know what Fuchs can do. But And also we know he's, he's never going to let us down. Even if we don't see him for game after game, when he comes in, he never lets us down at all. Uh, the two wing-backs, if we're just sticking with the uh, the defence for the moment, uh, they were more defensive because of the style of Leeds and the way that we were going to play. Um, I thought we mentioned uh, Thomas. I, I do think it's right that uh, we mentioned how, how slow he was early on to get a grips with the game, but then again Leeds uh, targeted him the whole game, as you would do. But I think it's great credit to him the way he came back and ended up in the second half dominating that side, getting forward on occasion. He had a right-footed shot. Uh, it's a shame it wasn't on his left side because he, it, would, it more than likely would have um, gave the, the keeper more to do. And I think it's more to his credit the way he finished the game after starting it in that style then maybe if he if he was just solid all the way through the game i think it's 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 more of a benefit to him and it's more of a uh, more kudos to him if you think about it the way he came back after the uh, the first say 10 or 15 minutes and then on the other side i thought mark albrighton was brilliant he's played in that role before hasn't he as a wing back an emergency kind of wing back and uh, we know he can fill a role but i thought he was uh he was, he was everything that you think he might be, you know, tenacious in the tackle, strong in the tackle, disciplined, an awful lot of energy. And again, a player who maybe along with Fuchs, we know Fuchs has got a year left and, and Albrighton looking around, he must think, you know, I'm I'm on my on borrowed time in this squad because 
they could easily get someone in my position who would then bump me down even further. So I'm not saying he's he's playing for a new contract or he's just playing for his place in the squad at all times. Everyone is, but there is that kind. It must be in the back of his mind going, "Look at us, we're second in the league now. I am still part of this at my time in my career." And again, I thought, man of the match wise. I think Albrighton would be nearly up there in mine, purely because of, again, being thrown in into this Premier League start in an unfamiliar position. And I think just the, the, the pure energy and determination he showed puts him right towards the top of my man of the match list. But I, I thought the whole defence themselves um, was... Something quite special, actually. I, I think it was a uh, it, it was a game one one for the books, you might say. It's especially interesting that that four of our key players that are currently out injured are what you would consider first choice defenders in Castagna, Pereira, Evans, and Soyuncu. You would, if you were, if you were trying to name Leicester's strongest back four at the moment. Admittedly, we're not playing a back four, but that would probably be it. And and all four of them unavailable. Um, I think Justin offers a lot of versatility. Right-sided centre-back, right full-back in a four, right wing-back he's played as well. Um, I think left side of a three is Fuchs' best position these days. I don't think he's got the legs to play wing-back or full-back anymore. Uh, and he did a great job with Thomas. Fafana, we've, we've, we've talked him up a lot, so I'll, I'll gloss over him, but another impressive performance. Um... I, I totally agree with your point about Luke Thomas. The fact that he found the first part of the game tough, but he came through and produced what was overall a pretty steady performance um, shows a lot about his character uh, and it shows a lot about the willingness to continue to put himself in there. Uh, at times he didn't have a choice because, as you say, Leeds were looking to exploit a potential weakness down that side. Um, Albrighton is is one of those players, like Fuchs, who I still think we need in the squad. And, and I know I've said on previous podcasts that if you're looking at individual players and their individual technical ability, that Albrighton doesn't get anywhere near your first team. And I, I still stand by that for the most part. But who would you rather call in to a, a to a team to a starting 11 when you've got an injury crisis than players like Mark Brighton and Christian Fuchs two very experienced very professional professionals uh, if you see where I'm going with that we know from countless um uh, records from their current and and former teammates and managers and coaches that they work ex extremely hard on the training field that Christian Fuchs and in particular is still in remarkable shape for his age I mean we thought he was going a couple of years ago across to America but you know I think his role at the club has been has been explained to him by Brendan Rodgers and I think it's the kind of responsibility that he really enjoys looking after Luke Thomas and, and blooding him into the first team with all of his experience I mean, the guy was Austrian captain. He's played Champions League football with Schalke. He was a key member of our winning uh, title-winning side. Who would you rather have to call upon uh, in a time of need than him or than Mark Albrighton? Uh, and it shows, really, that what we thought was um, a bit of a lightweight squad at the start of the season. We said we probably wanted one or two more in. That actually, keeping Fuchs and... Placating Mark Albrighton with with enough football has really paid dividends recently. I think also the the change in formation of three at the back. I agree what you said. Fuchs now left side of the back three ideal. Can he play on the extreme left? We know he can, but that's his best place. I think Justin as well. I know we've got problems, but. You look at Justin now; he would be ideal way out wide, and you would prefer someone else in the back line but if you maybe have the choice between say himself there and maybe someone like Fuchs coming in I would generally have say Justin there if you can rejig the rest around and then you would have Albrighton kind of out wide it, it's um 
it really does play into their strengths and it's there's a lot of trust there in Thomas because they could have played Fuchs in that position. Uh, they could have dropped players back. You could have maybe started uh, under, maybe even have Barnes further back. There's, there's a, a variation that they could play. I know it's kind of, um, you know, we're down to the bare bones somewhat, but uh, it's it shows you that this new system now is benefiting those players coming into the side. And um, and also then, because you'd want the two players more active out wide rather than the central of the back three, someone like then Wes can come in, as he did quite funnily late on, um, to win a header. And he did straight away. He headed it miles, didn't he? And, uh, and he, he would come into the centre of that. He wouldn't have him anywhere near the sides of a of a back kind of three. So th- th- there's more kind of to it. There's more um, There's more to it than just, just whacking three centre-halves there. Um, and then you move forward. And I thought Tillemans, I think his, his fitness is, is, is improved no end because that was a heavy pitch. And I was thinking second half, I think my legs were going. And... Um, and Tillemans there trotting around the pitch, laying the ball around, scoring a couple of goals, very confident penalty, uh, very, very, very good the fact that he followed up and scored the first goal for himself because that shows you the energy he's got and he's been playing an awful lot. Another very good performance. I thought Pappy Mendy was exceptional. I've got down a, a few little notes I took during the game and I've just got Mendy. First half, I think, is the best half of football um, maybe someone like Castagna in in his debut, and then at Man City possibly. I think Mendy though, in that first half, is probably the performance of the season. He was sharp into the tackle. Something we we outleads leads. That's what I've got down here. In 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 parts the way that they press, but we did it on occasion. And when we did, when they were in our area, when they crossed. A line drawn by Rogers beforehand, and they entered the area of that player. We were sharper to the ball. We were strong in the tackle. Mendy in the first half, I don't think he put a foot wrong. Tackling hard, he was quick, genuinely quick. Um, he passed the ball very well. He's improved that side of his game no end. If you remember the Man City way, he rolled the player and then set off um, for the goal, for one of those goals. Um, his passing was good. He he got forward. He broke the line beyond Tielemans, who then went, OK, I'll stand back here. You know, I'll wait. Um, and a few players dropped away. So he helped out going forward. I, second half, he was, again, very good. But the first half was a genuinely outstanding performance. He was my man of the match by, by a quite a distance, I thought. Um, and that's not the first time that we've given or I've given... Uh, Mendy, the man of the match, but that first half especially was something else. It's high praise, isn't it? Because we've done nothing but praise Mendy on this podcast so far this season, and yet we're sitting here finding uh, uh, or finding ourselves having watched a- another performance, which is which is as you say better than any that he's put in this season, uh, and better than most Leicester players have put in at any point this season. It, it was That's just, saying just an to... awful lot. Yeah, it was just just to, just to reiterate again, like because of that, because we have kind of given him a lot of praise already this season. Just to, to go in again, if you make a lot of tackles in the game, fine, and you can look quite good in that position. You lay the ball off, tackle someone, lay the ball off, and then it makes you look good. But it's the things he did away from that which highlights it: the way that he ran with the ball, the passing forward, um, the energy shown. And also, I just can't remember him making an error in the first half at all. And he was involved all the time. It was the things he's now doing, which he never did before, even at the start of this season when he was playing really well. It's those things that elevated this performance for me higher than we've seen so far. Yeah, there were a few times when he he cropped up in an area of the field that you wouldn't expect to find him in, particularly because we're sitting here lauding him as... um, as our answer to Ndidi, um, certainly in terms of it, our initial response to him was Ndidi's out injured, Mendy's going to come into that role. Uh, and he was playing that role, screen the defence, um, win the ball, lay it off, as you say. But during the Leeds game, obviously because Leeds play quite an expansive game anyway, but you'd see him out tucked in um, tight on the touchline. You'd see him advanced into well into Leeds half. You know, he was all over the pitch. He covered an awful lot of ground, as Tielemans did too. Um, the the physicality that those two 
are showing at the moment and the the energy levels is is quite impressive uh, because you know, I don't ever think we've seen a fully fit Mendy in a Leicester shirt. He's been a Leicester player for a long time. Uh, and we know the injury troubles that he's had. And then every time it looks like he's back from an injury, he's either picked up another one or he's not quite fit. His face hasn't quite fit at the time and he's gone out on loan. Tielemans last year had to have some games off because he was blowing so much. But I was, I've was i just looked back through the, um, the substitutions that have happened um, in the last few matches. Uh, and, and Tielemans played the full 90 against Arsenal, which was a graft. He played the full 90 away in Greece on Thursday night. And he played the full 90 again against Leeds um, last night. So there are no question marks over his energy levels and fitness in the centre of midfield either. And and they're proving to be an excellent combination that are extremely reliable. And I use that in the best way possible because reliable is not usually a hugely positive word. It's usually a steady word. But you know that they are never going to let you down in the centre of midfield. And they didn't, again. Not at all. And then the forward line with Barnes and, and Vardy, both razor sharp, both players playing uh, at the beginning when it absolutely tipped it down with rain, it got quite skiddy. And we know that Vardy can play really well uh, in those conditions. And Harvey Barnes, it means that you need to have exceptional control. And, and in those conditions, some people might say it's a leveller, but on the pitches that we have in the Premier League, I don't think it is. I think it, it brings the better players into the game more. And it really did in the first half. Second half, it got quite heavy and they were almost overrunning the ball a few times. Vardy, when he was in in on goal for the one-on-one, the ball kind of got stuck under his feet a couple of times, in fact. he's Because he is, at the moment, just razor sharp and, and Barnes the same. Both playing very well. And then the, the substitutions, when they were made, they were they they worked. You can bring a player on and, and it can get criticised if it doesn't work out. But the players, when they come on, um, and they come on for a reason as well. That's And that's why if a player comes onto the field of play from a substitution and it doesn't work out, they score an own goal or the team performance really, really drops, then yes, the manager has to take a bit of criticism. But ultimately, depending on the situation, it might not actually be the fault of the substitution. But on the other hand... If a substitute comes onto the field of play and because of the change in system or because the the bench and the manager have highlighted a certain aspect and the change happens to hopefully bring that change and, and bring that aspect that they've identified um, to life to, you know, to make it happen, then I think more credit has to happen. So if it goes well, then more credit should be given to the, the manager. If it doesn't, then sometimes you can kind of hold off depending on the situation if you catch them adrift. And the subs worked perfectly. There was a gap developing between the midfield and defence uh, of Leeds. They started to push the game. They started to become quite tired. And because they still play that one style, um, if one or two cogs stop working, then the whole machine starts to fall to bits. And Leicester just needed a presence to hold the ball between those lines. Madison, perfect player. Yes, we'll kind of put you on the left of the forward three, but drift inside. Don't worry about the left because Thomas can bomb on beyond you. He's only a young lad and that's fine. And I thought he came on and did really well. He brought a load of free kicks, a la what Jack Grealish has done for a long time uh, in the Premier League and Championship by... Yes, going over at certain times, and the referee actually was okay. I think he 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 looked at a few tackles and kind of went, "Come on, come on, Mads, get up," you know. And 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 I quite like that sometimes. If the ref's really close and there's a tackle goes in and he starts to roll over and they go, "Nah, no, you're not having it for that." I don't mind that at all because when he does give a free kick, you know that <clears throat> contact has been made, and you know that there's more. Of a of a foul than maybe beforehand, and I, I don't I don't mind that in the referee. And I thought Madison was great, a brilliant through ball for for Under, who's turning into a great substitute to have, and hopefully then he can then develop into a, a starting player for Leicester. Very unselfish uh, by chipping the ball across for Vardy. I'm having none of it. If anyone thinks he tried to score there, that was a genuine side foot dink over the goalkeeper for. Vardy to hopefully get beyond the defender which he didn't and tap in 
because the way he runs away from the goal, you don't do that if you're trying to score. You, you, that's a, a genuine pass. I think one or two people may have thought it was a a, sh- a shot on goal. I'm not having any of it. That was a a, a layoff in a in a similar way to Arsenal, not quite, but uh, um, and it showed his unselfish side and it, and his technique as well. Vardy scores, game over, and then we get the penalty late on and. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it, it rounded off a, a fantastic win, but a, a lot of credit for Brendan Rodgers for again going with his tactic, being very confident beforehand, and uh, also slotting the players in as we mentioned in defence into those roles. Uh, but also then the substitutions. It's it, even Wes at the end. You know, oh come on, Wes, we you know we need a bit of height in the back. They're just probably going to pump it long. Come on, Vardy, you you can come off. Um, Wes, they've got a free kick. Go in the centre, free kick comes in, bang, heads it away. It's sometimes that's the way it is. So, all in all, it's just top marks all round. It is it all worked out very nicely for us, didn't it? I agree with your point about Madison. He came on to play between the lines, and he did so very well. Um, I also agree with your point about the referee. I've, I've seen some um, social media posts uh, saying that they're surprised that we won that game, considering Leeds had twelve men and the referee didn't give us anything. Blah 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 blah. You know, if I was ever to referee a football match, I would I wouldn't give half of the free kicks that actually get given because it's um, it can be a little bit daft and it can make football a little bit more difficult to watch the modern game where the very slightest contact or or not even any contact and you sort of dangle a leg there waiting for or trying to initiate some contact I, I just don't I don't agree with that kind of way about of going about things so uh, credit to the referee from that point of view um there was a little bit more contact for the penalty which the the right decision came in the end uh, through VAR uh, I'm pleased that my initial I won't say concerns because I don't think they were that strong, but but small worries about under have so far been put to the very back of my mind because as he seems to have settled into the team and is grow is enjoying a growing role within the the squad um, in terms of playing time, it's clear that his decision making at the moment is right on point because. Both of those times that he's assisted uh, Vardy, he was on his right foot, his weaker foot. He was in a position where both times he probably could have pulled the trigger. He was certainly had a decision to make and he made the decision very quickly and provided a quality assist both times. And, you know, the celebrations afterwards... I worried that that under might be one of those sulky players or might be one of those selfish players, and and selfishness at times on a football pitch is great, but but in the right moments. But so far, it it looks like he really wants to contribute to the team, and the way Vardy went over and celebrated with him suggests that he that he is becoming or has become part of the group, and the fact that he's willing to lay these chances on for other players also would would highlight that. Um. I wasn't watching the game on Sky. I was watching it via other means. <coughs> and um, these other means actually froze at the second the ball left Unders' right boot. So I had absolutely no idea what was about to happen. All I could see that the ball looked like, was looking like it was going to go over the keeper. Whether I, d- I didn't know whether he'd shot because I couldn't tell the, the sort of speed or trajectory of the ball. Um, and I was kind of... I was really, really hoping that he dinked it over the keeper for an on-rushing Vardy. And then I got it back uh, back on in time to see the replay. Uh, I knew that it had gone 3-1, and I thought it was unlikely that uh, Under would have scored with his right boot from that kind of position. Um, unfortunately, he'd done exactly the right thing. Lovely little assist. Um, and another piece of steady, if not very, very good recruitment, from us in 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 this window, despite the fact that we were a little bit disappointed by by our transfer window, so all good, as you say. Morgan coming on and then his head's basically a magnet for the ball, isn't it? First touch is to power a header away from the free kick uh, and bring your skipper on for the last five minutes to make sure you see it out. Great, uh, and Tielemans to to double his tally from the spot. All very good, 
for us to look forward to yet another midweek game. They just keep coming. I think um, with Unday, everyone can clearly see there is a, a proper footballer there. And it's just a case of whether he can settle with the squad, with uh, the country, with the lifestyle, with what's going on in the world right now. And with also his best mate not being in the team and, and being injured. Uh, just a word on so Chu. There's some that sounded good news after the game with Brendan Rodgers saying that he's he doesn't need surgery. Now, whether that's one of those injuries where they've put surgery off and he'll need it at the end of the season or later on, whatever, might well be the case. But it sounds like so Chu might not actually be out until what we feared would be, say, Christmas or even beyond. Um so that's good news. Good news there. But uh, with under, I think it's just the case of keep bringing him off the bench and in Europe starting him. I'd be amazed if he doesn't start on on Thursday against Braga. And I think we we can now look really kind of at that game against Braga whilst also discussing the game against Athens. I think that's quite a good way of doing these Europa League games because the Athens game for me was it was a, it was a solid win. You go there, you win two one. On and and again, you hear these. Oh yeah, the pitch wasn't very good, but it wasn't very good, was it? It really did look dodgy, and it didn't uh, really play into Leicester's hands. Also, if Athens are, are a half decent outfit going forward, I thought at the back they were they were really dodgy, but going forward, they look more than capable of uh, of scoring a, a number of goals. But uh, at Leicester, they did a job again. Get the win get out of there that's all you need you know you're not going to win any points extra for for playing well and the the premier league is where you're looking at more style and substance really from the performance um compared to the europa league uh, at the moment especially away from home in this group stage um and so under who was very unlucky with that shot that hit the post because I thought I was just drifting into the top corner. Wow, there we go. That's with his left foot, isn't it? That's what he can do with his left, which he really hasn't shown at the moment. I don't really he's had the chance to. He, he's not had those opportunities. It, it's um, it also, and you mentioned this, Rob, with the fact that the two assists have come with his right foot. It shows you that how how good a player he is. Because you look at someone, and this is definitely not because he's playing in his position, but. I'm just looking at someone like Mares, and of course we know what Mares is all about. You just think, would Mares have, have laid it across like that? Would he have cut back onto his left? It shows you that he actually he's got a lot of talent with his right foot. So I would be amazed if he doesn't start against um, against Braga, and uh, and I, and I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to seeing what he can really do when he really turns up in a starting performance and 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 starts to play well because I think. And I, I hope, but I think once he starts a game and then gets into the game really early, I think he might just explode. Do you know what I mean? I think it might be like, wow, here we go. And we might really see some player. And hopefully that's on that's on Thursday. Now, who who are going to be playing? Who knows? You know, we could go through the side now and pick out one or two who might be resting and might come back. We don't know what... Um, what the situation is regarding Evans, I think it, it might be unlikely he starts. But if he does, it might be a case of right, start the game, be at the centre of a back three. You could play for Farner one side, and you could play um, probably James Justin the other side. Even um, you might even play Christian Fuchs one side, and maybe for Farner the other side if you want Justin, uh, say, out wide. Um, that means he's on the field already if you want to change things around or you need to uh, quickly for whatever reason because of the uh, the amount of subs you can make. So it might be a case of if players are fit, um, just maybe to play half an hour or a half, it might be in Europe an option actually to start them rather than bring them off the bench because of the amount of subs you can make. Um so we'll just have to see. I'd imagine Under will start. I'd imagine Madison will probably come in and start. And I'd say, I'd say, apart from that, I'd say Vardy is a is a is a is a question. Now, if he's fully fit and wound up, ready to go, then I think they'll go. Okay, fine. If he's got no flare up or whatever, he doesn't need a rest. Looking at the game to wolf, at Wolves or against Wolves, I think I, I said actually earlier to my dad that they might start Iniacho and then see what happens with Vardy but 
I'm kind of changing my mind now. They might just go right. Let's get let's get the team out there and then manage it from halfway. It's a, it's an interesting dilemma to have, isn't it? Uh, certainly, last week against Athens, Fuchs was um, was only used for the first forty five minutes to give Leicester a sort of solid foundation in the game. The intention was always to bring Luke Thomas on at, at half time. Um, but knowing that that Evans and Castagna had fallen foul of our uh, rotten injury look recently, um, so with Evans, if he if he is coming back into fitness, certainly with something like a centre back as well, it's easier to start them and um, and get them sort of settled into the game, and then pull them off at half time and get somebody else on to to get the forty five minutes in his belt. It's always harder, I think, as a defender coming into a game that's already sort of finding its feet uh, and and getting up to that sort of speed, really. So you'd probably rather have somebody that's had a, a fair few minutes recently waiting on the bench, and then you play Evans for the first 45, and you see him at halftime, is he all right? Can he get to an hour um, without aggravating anything? Then, then great. But if not, you know, you've got somebody ready to step in who is already up to speed in terms of match sharpness. And, and knows the system which you would expect to remain the same or largely the same um, on Thursday night as it has done in, in the previous few games. The thing I would say about Vardy, in my, in my opinion, from my point of view, we need Jamie Vardy more for Premier League games than we do for Europa League games. I think we are more likely to be effective against European sides with the other forward options that we have than we would be in the Premier League. So with that in mind, and the fact that he's he seems to be not carrying a couple of knocks because he, we know he looked exceptionally sharp last night against Leeds, but you know there have been a couple of little niggles that have bothered him recently already. And there's no real necessity in risking him, especially with the way that the first two games of the Europa League uh, in our group have panned out. Because... It's clear, although no Leicester player or, or coaching staff would commit to it, it's clear it's going to be us and Braga. Because, you know, we've both scored five goals and only conceded one. Um, Zoria and Athens could do us a favour and make things look even more comfortable by just drawing with each other on Thursday night. But it's going to be us too. So you would you would back us to win the um, return fixtures against Zoria, Luhansk and Athens which at the very minimum is going to get you second place in the group and, and progression into the knockouts. So is there a need to risk Vardy? No. But like you say, he's the kind of player that wants to be be playing football and as much of it as possible still at his age. So if he's fired up, fully fit and ready to go, then he's only going to do more damage to Braga um, than any of our other options. So it, it, it's an interesting one. It's, it's about balance again. And over this period of fixtures particularly the the shape and the personnel despite challenges with injuries has been balanced and has been dealt with very well so whatever the decision is in terms of who starts and who doesn't on Thursday night um then we uh it's been proven to us that we can trust what Brendan Rodgers is doing exactly and I think uh, the international break as well after the Wolves game really does help because looking at, say, Vardy, I'm just thinking now, I'm kind of flip-flopping between whether he's going to start or not. You may be looking and go, well, actually, yeah, we can start him, hopefully get in front and then bring him off after an hour and then play against Wolves, and then he's got a break. Um, on the other hand, yeah, you want him fully fit for the Wolves game, but these all things will, will come out in the wash, as they say. And it's going to be a difficult game against Braga, who are six points from the two games, the same as Leicester. And also... I think they they want to go obviously as strong as possible for that reason. Because if they win against Braga, then that's the group sorted. You know, nine points from three games. Uh, there will be six clear, possibly, of third place. They could even be eight points clear, depending if they them two draw. Um, and, and that's it. So they might look at it and go, actually, do you know what? Everyone's on. You know, this this is it. You know, win this game and then we can start to chop and change in the second half of the league, if you know what I mean, after the international break. 
Um, I, th- I think more the more I think about it, that's probably the way they're going to go. You know, get the win, go and try for the win, full out attack, and or full team, and then um, hopefully get the win. And then let's we've got one game before the international period, and then we'll see what roughly happens there with with whoever's left in the side because you don't know. You might pick up injuries in the game, you might not, etc. And um, and also how players have reacted from the Leeds game. It, it, again, a few times in the second half, I was thinking this is really going to take it out of our legs playing um, on Thursday, Monday, Thursday. But also with the with the nature of the pitch, etc., with it being so heavy against Leeds, it looked like um, it looked like a bit of a sapper. But uh, again, we'll we'll wait and see. But uh, I'm again, it, it's slightly difficult then to look forward to the Wolves game. It's going to be a difficult game against Wolves. All game games are difficult in the Premier League. Um, I think Wolves are, for me, um, still a decent bet for a top four place. I, I really do think they're that good. And I think what they've done very well, uh, Wolves, is that they've slightly changed their personnel around. Many people raised an eyebrow when Doherty went to, to Spurs and they started to sign you know, a few of these £30 million players that no one's ever heard of. Well, we've got one at the centre of our defence who's doing very well. So... They've settled in by the sounds of it fairly nicely. Uh, they are the Wolves that we know of last season. They don't concede many goals at all. They've got a really good number nine. And it's going to be a very, very difficult game. Very different game, I think, to what we've seen. Um, even with the, the teams who have turned up at the King Power and Beaters in, in Villa and uh, West Ham. I think Wolves are just a different proposition. Very good team. Completely different to the way that's say, Leeds play. And uh, it's going to be, I think, a lot tighter and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't bet against it being nil nil. No, I'm, I've just looked back at their um, sort of results from October. Um, they're fairly they're fairly unspectacular, aren't they? they? They scored two against Palace, kept a clean sheet, one all draw against Newcastle, one nil win against Leeds, one nil win against Fulham. You know, they're not uh, pulling up any trees or anything like that, but they are effectively going about their business. Um, to the point that they're uh, they're sixth in the Premier League at the moment, which is um, a very good position for them to be in at this stage. Um, considering they had quite a slow start, was it was last season, wasn't it? They were playing in the Europa League and they sort of struggled with their with the start to their season, and they're right up there amongst it at the moment. And I think we are in a similar position to them in terms of the area of the Premier League table that we expect to be competing in this season. So. To be playing that game, what just over two and a half days after um, after playing in Europe, uh, is going to be tough. But I guess the saving grace is in in some aspects is that the the, the Braga games at home. So we are we, we you take away the the travel element of things. Uh, Portugal is not a million miles away, obviously, but it, it's the sort of time consuming that it takes to get out there, and you know. You wouldn't then come back until the Friday, um, where you'd have the Friday off. Do you do a session then on the Saturday? Then you've got to play Wolves on the Sunday. So that being at home is a, is a positive for us, the, the Braga game being at home. Um, and I, I totally agree with you, Pete. I think it's going to be one of those that is probably going to be decided by a single goal, if indeed it is decided by a goal at all. And now on to the most important part of the podcast, it is the, for fuck's sake, Fantasy Football League. Here we go then with the top 10. Down into 10th place, it's Robert Ford with Gardner's Delight. 432 points. Up into 9th, it's Owen Schofield with his The So Solid Crew. 436 points. Down into 8th, Ian Barker, stay home, eat out, get fat, 444 points. Up into 7th place, Martin Summers with uh, Hammersmith Hardmen with 446 points. Up into 6th place, Owen White with Viva Europa, 448 points, a good score of 82 this week. Down into 5th place, uh, uh, Islin Wurtzin with um, Benzin, 449 points. Up into fourth place, it's me, it's Pete Selby with Frank Sinclair own goal, 458 points. The top three up into third place, 
it's Kieran Ford with For Fook's Sake, 462 points. Down into second place, last week's leader is Luke Taylor, TaylorMade, 471 points and up. Into top spots, it's Drake Martin with Drake Water, 476 points. Is this the bit where you're going to scroll down and pretend you've got absolutely no idea which depths of the league I'm languishing in this week? I definitely have no idea where you are. I have not done that at all. And I'm doing... I've had a, I had a, I had a good... I've had a very good week. There are very few people in our, for fuck's sake, league, fantasy league that have scored in the 80s this week. And I bagged 83. Eight? T3 you have as well, haven't and it's, you? it's dragged me up into the 60s. <laughs> Vardy, Calvert-Lewin is the captain. Um, and Ljotovic is a, is a bad pick there. Uh, um, yeah, you know, you've done all right there. Ward-Prowse has, has done you proud. Uh, so, yeah, good week for you. I had a, a decent week, 73 points, more than decent, really. Um, I had uh, Salah as captain. Uh, Grealish got lots of points. Uh, Watkins got a few as well uh, but my defence did really well Mendy, clean sheet Robinson for um, Fulham, clean sheet Kilman, clean sheet Regulon uh, got an assist uh, so yeah, so oh, yeah, there you go but um, at one point uh, I think I was in second I did a, I did take a screenshot just in case, I mean this is how sad I am but just in case I was uh, going to be top at one point but uh, I couldn't quite uh, reach those dizzy heights uh, throughout the weekend but there we go it's uh, I will take fourth place at the moment definitely because that's uh, a, a mighty improvement from last uh, from last year and how many points am I off the lead uh, not to rub it in I'm 18 points off uh, of top spot although I've got a feeling this week I'm going to struggle the set of fixtures uh, that's got me to this stage because I kind of planned ahead when I did my wild card and uh, they kind of run out. So I've got quite a difficult week coming up. But you never know in this crazy world of fantasy football and the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, well done to everyone this week. Uh, some uh, some good scores. But, but well, and this is definitely not... Uh, well, it is. Of course it is. Well done to you, Rob. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have to take these small victories in the fantasy football because not a lot has gone right for me so far. I, I've had a couple of very, very, very poor weeks and the problem is, in a league as big as ours, that you get people that consistently score in the in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and then they have the odd good week where they get up uh, higher up. They, they very rarely fall below um, below average, basically, um, whereas mine fluctuates massively. You know, I'm delighted with a week where I've scored 83 points, but next week... I probably won't even get two points per player. I'll probably hit about 20 or something daft like that. In in smaller leagues, my position looks pretty good. And that 83 has dragged me right back up towards the top of some of the um, smaller leagues that I'm in. But ours is just full, clearly, uh, because they're listeners of For Fox Sake. It's full of proper football fans who know exactly what they're talking about and know their way around fantasy football and probably have done for many years. So... Credit to you where it's due, Pete. You are doing well in your Champions League place at the moment. I'm in part of a league with uh, with a bunch of mates, probably about eighteen or so in this uh, in this league where you pay a few quid to enter and that sort of thing. I tell you what, the infighting is unbelievable. People claiming they don't know how to use the app and it's miscalculated points and that. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. But uh, I'm miles clear in that, so uh, they can all uh, uh, bugger off. Anyway. I don't think anyone listened. Right. Uh, th- th- and the final thing is something that we're going to come on to definitely next week. We just need to set this up. Uh, we will be running a competition. Uh, it will start uh, when we release the next episode of the podcast. And you can able to able to win a shirt, win a, a Leicester shirt. And uh, again, full details will be on the next podcast. So make sure you are listening to For Fox Sake uh, next time around. Uh, for that uh, competition it will run um from one episode to the next so if you are listening to the next episode and you've only listened to it say three days after then don't worry all everything will be explained um but essentially just a, a little bit of a heads up and again plenty more on this next week um Many of you know that uh, myself and Rob commentate down at the King Power and uh, we've done this for Alan March Sports and originally that's where the podcast was set up, etc, etc. We know Alan and worked um, 
with him for him on many many different things in many many different countries etc etc and uh, and he has set up a, a a new company a football shirt uh, company called footballkitmarket.com footballkitmarket.com and you can go onto twitter and follow him at footy kit market f o o t y kit market um so give them a follow and essentially go on there and you can buy uh shirts from virtually every club you can think of over many different years etc so give them a look give them a follow on uh, on twitter and and also uh we're going to be giving them a shout and maybe a little jingle uh throughout the course of the podcast um for the foreseeable future so uh you, you're hearing plenty more from uh footballkitmarket.com but just to give everyone a, a bit of a heads up of who they are it's not like they're a firm who's just come in saying right can you give us a plug for whatever it's kind of in-house this is something that um is close to me and rob you know alan is uh is a really good mate and again our careers really uh in this industry it, that's where it all started so it's um by going to footballkitmarket.com giving them a look and if you want to buy anything then great uh and giving them a follow on twitter you're doing us a favor as well it's not like it's some big outside firm coming in and infiltrating the podcast whatsoever nothing like that so give them a follow um and then next week uh the good people at footballkitmarket.com will be providing us with a leicester shirt and we'll run a competition and full details on that uh next week so that's good of them and uh, again just to reiterate rob it's 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 uh we've never had a sponsor on the podcast and these are not quite a sponsor it's uh again it's it's alan's firm isn't it it's it's it's, it's ours in a way do you know what i mean it's it's one of our own yeah, it's not like all of a sudden we've gone all commercial on you. Um, it, it, that's something that we've been very keen over the years to, to not necessarily stay away from. But if those kind of opportunities did come along, then we would have only done it so, in a way that it wasn't to the detriment of the of the um, listenability of the podcast, shall we say. So you're not going to have us interrupted by jingles coming in your ears left, right and centre. It is, um, as Pete said, um, a company that has been set up by somebody that gave us our first opportunities in this industry. And and, uh, I've obviously stepped away uh, subsequently, but still, um, Pete, you you work quite closely with with Alan on a number of projects. Less so at the moment, but, you know, we won't talk about that. Um, So it it is kind of them to say, let's buy you a Leicester shirt so that you can give one away to one of your listeners and and that's really where we're at all we got to do is point you in the direction of a website which actually i've enjoyed navigating myself because some of the shirts they've got on there are interesting you know they're basically sourcing them from from whoever and wherever so it's not you just go on there to buy the latest shirt. you know you've seen all sorts of styles that you might not have even seen before or or you might remember or might bring back some memories for you um from leagues across the globe or internationals as well so go and go and have a look we're not forcing anybody to buy anything that's not what we're here for but there are some interesting shirts on there for a look at but if you are one of those collecty kind of people then um they're on there for a a decent price as well to be fair yeah they are and it's growing as well this was a website and a company launched at the time of recording six days ago so it's growing by the minute and you'll see that if you give them a follow at footy kit market on twitter you'll notice uh that's the amount of followers for example is fairly low at the moment and going up by the day in fact actually to be honest i think they're over 500 in the space of six days that's pretty good going so this is a brand new company yeah give them a shout out give them a look see uh from us also just to go back a few weeks as well I mentioned about uh, getting a prize for the end of the season because I've been fortunate to go on Premier League TV uh, a few times talking about Leicester and that's purely through the podcast and I says all the money because you know you get paid per appearance essentially would go on to uh, on to prizes we were thinking of uh, thinking of doing something for Christmas uh, especially in the current conditions uh, at the moment uh, just to let you know uh, at the moment there isn't any prizes because they haven't actually paid me yet <laughs> 
support those. Uh, they, they've had the invoices. They're not paid. Anyone out there with Premier League uh, productions? Just uh, <laughs> there you go. So um, hopefully we'll be able to have some some kind of Christmas competition. That would be nice. But at the moment uh, we're not because uh, we haven't got anything in the in the funds from them. But I'm still uh, sticking by that. By the way, any time they want me back on for you know even just five minutes talking about Jamie Vardy, uh, then I said again anything that comes through this podcast through that this season then we'll uh, we'll just turn around and, and use it as a, as a prize fund why not you know it's uh, that's what it's there for and it all came through the podcast and it wouldn't have been the case if people weren't listening so uh, essentially it's a big thanks to you essentially that's that's what it is it's uh, it's all down to the listeners mm-hmm.